Ladies, ladies a leisure, ladies, ladies a leisure, ladies, ladies a leisure, leisure. Hello and welcome to Ladies of Leisure. I'm Lisa. And I'm Ramona. It's great to see you, Ramona. And I can actually see you because we're using Zoom today, which, you know, is just always a pleasure in this time of COVID. We (laughs) only had a couple minutes of technical difficulties, but we're here. (laughs) So thanks for being one of our Ladies of Leisure guests. So full disclosure, we may know each other in real life. That is true. Right. For at least so, five years, I think. So. Oh my gosh. It has been five years. <laughs> wow. So we met at work at the amazing data team. Where <laughs> Were we the only two girls on it for a while? I think for at least a year, we were the only two girls there, I believe. And oh. I, that's rude. I called us girls. We were the ladies of yes. the team. How dare, like what a ridiculous host I am of the podcast. I'm like the girls, the girls on the team, right? The ladies of the team. Then we had someone join and she didn't last too long. No, Dude. she was there for three months, I think. Yeah, a hot second. And yes. she was like, no, thank you. I'm done here. <laughs> Bye-bye. Right. You guys are cool, but I'm going to become a lawyer, I think was what she said. (laughs) Yes. While we played around with data. (laughs) So you are still like in that office, but you are now on like an epic level where people send me emails and they say, oh, I think Tiffany can help you with this. Oh, have you gone to Tiffany? I was like, oh, look at Tiffany. She's like a superstar now. I'm nice. It's nice that it sounds that way, but all I do is paperwork right now. So. Oh no. Have you reached that amazing <laughs> pinnacle? <laughs> it's I don't that amazing think I've start. touched data in a good couple months at this point. So. You know, but it's really easy to fake, right? If you just like send off an email that sounds data ishy, you're yeah. like, look at this. I kind of know. Or they give you that elusive title. Subject matter expert. I Turns know. Out, how, what would you say the average time is to become one of those? A SME? I don't know, but when you put SME on anything, it adds more oomph to it. It just brings yeah, you're it like, to the next level. <laughs> yeah, as the SME for this thing. It was funny. I was reading some resumes from people we work with. And reading what they write, you're like, oh, you're a SME. I know it probably took you a couple months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's no big deal. No big deal. It's fine. So not only are you a data person and we got along and we do occasional walkie walks around yeah. the building, which is the equivalent of like three blocks, basically. In a beautiful glass building, I have to admit. Oh, oh my God. I can't leave there because any other building is going to be ruined for me. Unless... They have like dry erase boards everywhere or a candy wall. I'll take a candy wall. I would take a candy wall too. I have to admit though, it's the nicest building I have ever worked in. And I remember working at the Navy Yard where there were rats that would chase you out of the Metro. I did not work there, but I've heard those stories and they sound awful. I do like when my friends that still live in DC tell me like what it's like to live in DC. I was like, oh, I remember that. Nothing about that experience makes me want to stay there. Yeah. So <laughs> we are still friends, walking friends and everything. But the real reason I wanted to have you on the podcast is you did something 
Amazing. What did you do? I wrote a book, which took me 18 months to do. (laughs) You know what? 18 months though, that sounds super fast to me. I feel like it took forever, but first one, I want to speed up the second one I write, but 18 months from probably actually 20 months from start to finish, to be honest. So what genre is it? It's a historical romance. It's in the Victorian era in London. And is it amazing that Bridgerton just came out? Yes. I already (laughs) watched all of that. (laughs) So I'm on episode five. I'm treating myself every time I'm walking on the treadmill, I'll watch something. Clearly, I've not been walking on the treadmill very much. (laughs) But your book is titled what? The Questionable Acts of an American Gentleman. Which was different than your original title, right? It it was. So originally I wanted it to be called The American Duke. And when I finally got to the point that I was going to publish, I looked that title up and someone had published a book called The American Duke about three months ago. (laughs) Which I found because I forgot you you changed the book title. (laughs) So... I looked, I was like, oh, I should definitely pre-order her book. It would be douchey to have you on the podcast and not own the book. (laughs) And I went on there, I was like, wait, I don't see her in the first three pages, but I did find the American Duke. And then there's all the other ridiculous titles, like three ways to make a Duke, love you, or the Duke that comes first and, you know, very tongue in cheek. Yes. So... But that's how I ended up with that new title is because I just happened to look like I wasn't even going to look. And then I found it. I was like, oh, my gosh, what do I do for a title? And I ended up with this one. (laughs) So very, very good. So the questionable acts of an American gentleman. The premise is he is a duke. So it takes place in the Victorian era, and it's about this guy named Jack Kincaid, who's an American, but he has a secret he's hiding. So he comes to London for revenge, and he ends up meeting this woman named Mercy, who is the daughter of an earl, and he's going to use her in his plot. But then, of course, he falls in love with her, and all this craziness happens. So, Oh my gosh, so good. So there were... It was fun watching you go through the process because there's so many things I wouldn't have thought about. And we have a friend, Dave, who listens to the podcast, although his his partner is a bigger fan. (laughs) (laughs) But Dave has published two books. But they are in a different genre. He focuses a lot on like his geology background and everything. But as we already talked about, you're a data person who moonlights and writes these beautiful novels, which I've been writing. I've been reading a lot of trash lately because I have Kindle Unlimited subscription and Amazon has figured out if you do weird things in romance novels, I will be interested. And I've gone back in it, into historical romance and there's a lot of terribleness where people just don't develop the characters or they're annoying. And what I liked about yours is you had characters that were likable and there was some depth to them, like right off the bat. 
I really want to write a series. So going into it, like that's kind of the goal is these are the, this is the first couple and there'll be four more books behind it. But I will say that when I said 20 months, the reason I said 20 months is because I wrote the book a first time in four months and it was so awful. I was so excited. I printed it off and I read it. And it was the worst thing I ever read. I hated the girl, the woman. I hated the guy. I was like, this will never, ever see the light of day, ever. And then I can started I ask, <laughs> Can I ask what you hated about them? I'm curious. Oh my now. gosh. So she, I felt, didn't have any like depth. Like She was very whiny and very just, there was just nothing to her. She just kind of existed and that was it. And then even in my book now, the guy, Jack, is kind of moody, but in the first one, it was over the top, like just so you have this lady with no depth and then this really moody guy you just want to smack. So (laughs) You're like, this would be fine for some of the Kindle readers, but not for your class readers. I don't even think that. I was like, nope, this needs, I still have it. Like it's on my bookshelf in my house but never will anyone read it. (laughs) (laughs) So after you decided to just rewrite the whole thing, it took approximately, you know, 20 ish months for start to finish, but there were some things that was like, Oh, I didn't even think about that, which was the cover. How did you decide on the cover? So you can describe the cover a little bit. Yeah. So the cover, so a lot of the book, well, parts of the book take place in Hyde Park. So I knew I wanted it to have like a, an outdoor setting. And then there's a guy on the cover. And then, so Jack Kincaid has black hair and blue eyes. So I actually reached out to a woman who does them. It's GM book cover designs. And I said, I want a book cover with a guy with black hair and blue eyes and a girl with a woman with really curly hair. So she could not find a woman at all with curly hair, which is surprising to me because when you look at old romance novels, they're all like, yes, so, but, so that's actually how I ended up with it. She sent me a couple examples of guys and then the background and I just picked one. It was, it was easy on my part. I'd like to say, like, I just, you know, said, I didn't like that color. I don't like that guy and all of that, but it was pretty easy. And I just thought when you got to pick from this, like it'd be like just picking a beautiful model for it because I really don't like when I'm reading a book and they're like, oh yeah, his dark hair and his blue eyes. I was like, why is there a blonde guy on the cover? (laughs) That's that's misleading. (laughs) I actually sent you one of the first covers. I do remember this. And you were like, this is not your guy. Oh, you're right. He's attractive, but that is not my guy. I do do remember that. I was like, wait, I'm good. This is my personal pet peeve. It's when the cover lies to me because I do like to pick dudes on the cover. But it's interesting because you can like go online and look up historical romance novel images, even without the book cover, but the people. So the people are just set on like a white background or a black background because they put that in afterwards. And they look so odd and awkward because they're like really intense, but they're just in this like photo shoot. I don't know how to explain it. None of them (laughs) look good without the background though. (laughs) So That's, that's interesting. I 
I'm now questioning all of the backgrounds that I've seen. Here's my real pet peeve. When they have a flower or like a barrette on the front and it's like supposed to be like super insinuating. I was like, no, I wanted to see two sexy people (laughs) on the front cover. Like I'm okay with like the inner flap. You know how they used to do where there's like the, there's a flower in the front and then you open it and you're like, oh, there they are. Like them. Bodice ripping. So good. Oh, yeah. Like I'll have to send you the link. There's a couple of them that are just great because you see them without all the pretty background and you're like, wow, that's so different because it just looks bizarre. (laughs) It also made me think of America's Next Top Model. Do you remember that show? Yeah. Where they would do these cover shoots and some of them were for romance and like you're supposed to... Yeah. And I was like, how weird would it be to just be like, okay, we're going to do now a cowboy romance cover, be a cowboy. I was like, Ooh. Well, and especially with like historical romance for whatever reason, and maybe this is all romance actually, but people don't smile on the covers. So like, they don't don't ever. And like the second book I want that I'm working on now, I want the guy to kind of be like this super charming guy. So I was looking for blonde guys who smile. And I could not find a blonde guy <laughs> who's dressed in like Victorian period clothes, smiling. And I'm like, this just doesn't exist. <laughs> so even if it's the woman, right, they kind of have smirks. I'm like trying to think of all mm-hmm. the, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, if you look at them, they never ever like either they're like, you know, longingly looking each o- into each other's eyes or they're like looking very serious or scowling or whatever. So, but never smiling. <laughs> oh, I, I feel like there's got to be a couple like that. You just have a happy dude. And then maybe so. like, yeah. All right. All right. Or maybe we just ask for a sexy people in our area to start submitting their own like (laughs) you want to be on Ramona's next book cover it's gonna be great I would love that that would be so much fun a (laughs) bottle of wine and that that's the great way to go (laughs) right swipe left swipe right it's gonna be fine (laughs) so the uh, so what we did to try to motivate each other because you are just very impressive because you're a mom you're working full-time And then randomly, you just put a beautiful book together that is definitely a fun read. And then on the side to like motivate me and my friend, Catholic Karen, who I've mentioned before, we were in like a little Facebook group, but I feel like you outgrew us because we're still like, I thought of a dude today. I'd like to put in a book. (laughs) I, I don't think so. I had a lot of fun in our group. I like, I just think that I, when I threw out that first book, I wrote an outline and I was like, I'm sticking to this outline and I'm going to finish this book. And I did. I really, I thought our group was really helpful and you do so many different things that I, I mean, you are always doing something different. So you're super creative. (laughs) Well, thank you for that. The one thing I'm not really doing is probably publishing a book in 18 months. It'll be like a three-year process, four, five, 10-year process, one of those. But the thing I liked about your book was the sexy grotto. So the grotto, there's a place in the book called the Mary Estate. It's actually based off of a castle, a palace in Germany called Linderhof. And in there is a grotto. 
And I just wanted to have a grotto in this book. And it'll actually probably be in the next book, too. Yes! Because it looks so fun! <laughs> like, why would you not be in the grotto with someone? Like, it looks fun. <laughs> yes, I... I had not read too many grotto scenes, especially in historical fiction. I was also impressed, like we'd be walking and you were like, oh, I did some research. There's this great castle and there's this. How much research went into this book in particular? I think this book, probably some research. I think I should have done more research, but I tried to research like ships because there's some parts in there about Jack Kincaid has a shipping company. So I tried to do some research on that. And then this I thought was really interesting. Queen Victoria got married in 1840. And that's actually when white dresses became popular. So I went down this whole rabbit hole of that. And I actually added a piece in that after I had finished the book because I just thought it was so cool. So I did some research. I researched, weirdly, trains, titles, ships wedding dresses and castles. (laughs) Which is still pretty extensive because there are books. So I'm reading a lot of Katie's Persephone things right now. And I can tell when people don't do research and it doesn't require a lot. I mean, we all kind of know what Greek gods and goddesses look like, but they'll start referring to their dress style. And I'm like, I don't, I can't follow you with what you're talking about right now. And then there are the people who clearly want to show how much research they put into it. And they'll start referring to things by their actual name and details. And I'm like, oh no, I, who's the HBO Game of Thrones guy? He did a lot where he would, the author, I'm drawing a blank on his oh, name. I know oh, George R. R. Martin. Yes. Where he's just on and on and on about, all the things happening at the feast where I'm kind of bored now. Like I got it. I could have filled in those gaps. I think the amount of research you did, like the grotto, you like dressed it up. Some of the, cause you had some interesting settings too, like the, the house that they rented, even their dress, you gave enough detail where I'm like, oh, okay. I know what they're wearing or what they're doing, but not enough where I'm like, oh my God. When is this going to stop? I went down this weird rabbit hole also of, so there's different periods in time, especially between like the Regency era and the Victorian era where people called undergarments, pantaloons, knickers, and so on. So I was like, is it knickers? Is it pantaloons? What is it? And I went with knickers because there's like this small window where they called it that, but I'm even now I'm like, is that really what it was? But that's what what it is. So I just went with it. <laughs> yeah, I think I wouldn't really know those details. And like the one you just mentioned about Victoria having started the trend of white. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that. I, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. It's the ones that you're like, well, this is just clearly... You didn't even care about yeah. what kind of outfit they were. And like now that I'm watching Bridgerton, I was like, oh, see, look at that amount of detail that went into like their undergarments and their things and the other stuff where they disregard, especially important with the time period you're talking about customs and like not politeness, but just all of the different rituals and customs like you can't mm-hmm. like dance for- 
for like ladies, especially ladies that are not married, they're not supposed to be alone. So in my book, Mercy like sneaks off a couple times and she's alone. But so when you're writing, you give your book to beta readers to give you feedback. I did get that feedback that she would never be alone. But in my thought process, I was like, this girl needs to have some fun. Like she's escaping her. So, and that's how all this is going to start. So I did kind of like, I guess, make that a little more flexible than maybe in real life. But I actually don't think people in real life did not ever sneak out. So, Well, and that's what made the book interesting, right? You have sort of a little rebel in mercy. Yes. So you, have you started on your second book? I have. I'm so most historical romance novels are 80K to 100K. I am 50K into the second book. So nice. far along. Yeah. According to National Writing Novel Month, you've already published a novel with 50K. I know. But I've got, again, an outline that I try to stick to. The outline really helps me. Not everybody does outlines, but for me, it works really well. But I always get to this part in the book where I'm almost halfway that I just hate it. Well, (laughs) this is only my second book. So this is what I'm learning because this happened in the first book and the second book that I just hate it. And then I redo an entire new outline and then I don't use it. I go back to the original one. (laughs) But it's like my mind is saying, you have to see what else you can do with this, I guess. I don't know. So when you're writing, there's pantsers and there's outliners. You're saying you're an outliner. I will, I want to use an outline. And sometimes I've thought enough about my book ideas that I'm like, oh yeah, let me just like throw out an outline. But the times I've done National Write a Novel Month and like done the outline, I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, no, I I can see why this is super duper helpful. So, and that would be why pantsers don't usually get it because they just fly by the seat of their pants. I think you're probably more creative that way, to be honest. Like for me, I feel like I am probably even crazier about it than people would expect that know me. Like I will finish a chapter and go back in my outline and highlight it and all types of stuff. So, But I just love having an outline. (laughs) And you have said to your husband that if you could, you would just try to write these forever. Oh my gosh. I have a dream. Yes. So (laughs) if I can write nine books in the next three to five years and make a tiny bit of money off of them, I would totally just do it full time. It's so much fun. Oh, Oh gosh. You're right. Well, you already have me sold. And so you can find your book on Amazon. It's both Kindle and paperback. Yep. Do you recommend the paperback for any reason? Like, are you signing any? Are you doing anything great with those? I mean, the the Kindle. So the ebook is in Kindle Unlimited, and it's only three ninety nine. So I would recommend that. But if you want a paperback, I like paperbacks too. I have like bookshelves where I collect those. Definitely pick that up too. Oh. All right, and then how do you spell your last name? E L M E S. Yes. Okay. Okay. I was like, I threw a W in there somewhere. So, <laughs> so if anyone wants to find this beautiful book and read it, I at least read it twice because you sent me a first version and then the second version, yep. and I loved it. 
but it's gotten even better because how many beta readers did you go through? I went through six beta readers and then I actually, after you had already read it, I hired an editor. Her name's Rachel Garber. She's amazing. But she did developmental edits for me and then line edits where you, she goes through and gives you feedback and it's a little brutal. Like you're kind of like, I don't want to do that. But then you think about it and realize it's needed. But so I had about six beta readers and then Rachel, and then I had a proofreader at the end named Susan Keelor, I think is her last name. So but All right. quite a few pro- steps. <laughs> right. And so how, how much time does that bank into your timeline? Because you write it, then you make edits, then you wait. And it seems like there's a lot of going back and forth that take up the majority of the time. It takes so that part is really, you have to be really organized because so I have to give Rachel it for edits that takes two to three weeks. And then I edit again and then I send it out again for two to three weeks. And all of these editors and proofreaders and stuff, they work with multiple people. So you actually almost have to set deadlines so you can get in to have them read your book. Whereas the first, so I'm encountering this with the second book. Um, I'm not done with it, but I've set up my deadline for Rachel to do my developmental edits. Whereas in the first book, I did not have a deadline. I was just like, woo, living my best life. And now (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to have this finished in two months. So. And would you be one of those books where, so I just read a book. It was a Goblin King adult fantasy. And I read it. I was like, I'm ready for the next one. And I see March, 2021. I was like, how dare you yes. fool me with this? Are you going to be doing that too? Where you're like coming soon in like two months because you already have the timeline set up? I think so. Once I finish the first draft and she's done the developmental edits, I will. Like I have this time range in mind for June or July of 2021. Oh my gosh. That's like in four or five months. I know. So. <laughs> I'm not really saying that or posting that anywhere because, you know, life is busy and we both work full time and have kids and all that type of stuff. So like, but that's the goal is to write, to publish three books in 21. That'll get me on track for my three to five year plan that may not happen, but if it could, that would be cool. No. Now, if you had to mentor someone, like obviously you're going to be my mentor for my next book <laughs> because you seemingly have it together. What Not really, but yeah. <laughs> what would you tell people before going into this endeavor that you were like, whoa, totally blew my mind that that was a thing? So I would say enjoy the writing part. Like write your first draft, just enjoy it. Don't worry about what anyone says. Don't even worry about feedback. And then when you finish your draft, send it out to beta readers, you'll get all types of feedback. But there's all this like organization and processes that takes place after that first draft. But the first draft, especially I think for your first book is so fun because you're, you finish it and you're excited and you don't really care what it looks like. You're just done. But so I would recommend, you know, just write, get it down, whether you use an outline or you don't just write, write, write. And don't worry about how it compares to anything else. That would be my feedback, I guess. Now, do you have a robust writing habit that you've established? Because again, you just like list off a lot of things that you do. So is it like every morning you get up and an hour, you drink coffee and then the words just flow out? So I will say that like as the 
online, there's really great writing communities. So I love that. But I do hear people say that it takes them like an hour to get into writing. I have never had that problem. Like I just sit down and I write. But I generally write at four in the morning or from 10 to midnight. Like those are the times I normally write. And that's because I have an eight-year-old and a family and a job. And so if, I'm, if I look tired at work, it's normally because <laughs> I got up at four in the morning. So. Yeah. So the writing groups that you're in, you got me into a couple of them. What is your favorite one? There's one that's run by one of your favorite authors. Is it Sarah Clean? Sarah McLean, and yeah. that one is The Extraordinary League of Historical Romances. That one's really fun. It's not so much writers, but like people talking about different historical romance books. And then there's another one called Writing Gals. That one's really great. That's one thing I'll notice, and I don't know, maybe it's all writers, but especially for romance writers, they're almost over the top encouraging. Like just, you could be like, I just did this and you'll get 10, yay, congrats. <laughs> so it's sometimes a little overwhelming, but it's really great. Like it's awesome. For someone who lives on like likes and, you know, getting that instant feedback, it sounds like that's a better group instead of yeah. the tough love group where it's like, well, good, good for you. Yeah. I think you need the tough love, but I'd start with the yay, go you <laughs> first. <laughs> I mean, I'm more into the yay you. So I think that's more my mentality. Yeah. Like you can do the world. It's going to be great. Yeah. Those, I now, mean, are, go ahead. Now, are you reading a lot more? I go through phases and like recently I actually haven't been reading historical romances. I go during COVID, I read a ton of historical romances, you know, but I think recently I've been reading some nonfiction books, but I've also been reading, this is so bad, but these like billionaire romance books. Oh, yes. I have no idea why. Like they're like my guilty obsession. I'll go through one of them in a weekend because I'm like, these are so good. <laughs> that was like mine. So my friend sent me something called Webtoon app. Mm -hmm. And it is an episode published every week, okay. but they're ideal for your phone. You scroll through and it's basically an animation or a graphic novel and you can choose romance or fantasy. So I just did one called Lore Olympus, which is based on Hades Persephone. And there was 150 episodes. It takes like two minutes to go through each one. If you're like me, I devoured it in like three days. I was like, this is amazing. Like I stayed up late. Lucy score is the one. Her books are also really funny, but I stayed up late one night reading one of those books. And at one point, they're just ridiculously funny. But I started laughing out loud and my husband was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm reading. <laughs> but I have complained recently that I've read a couple trashy romance novels and they have made me wait for sex. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not reading you just to throw me a bone at the end of this. Like this is a necessary component. How dare you? So I do appreciate that your book did not skimp on that. Thank you. So I'm kind of, I, I'm in the same thought process as you. Like I, it, all writers are different and some people have sweet romances and I think those are great. But for me, I'm like, I don't want to get to the end of the book, the epilogue, before anything happens between these two people. So 
Yeah. And like, I'm not just talking about like a little kiss. I'm going to need like a full makeout within like the first quarter at least. Yeah. Maybe some groping under the petticoats. Did you find writing the sex scenes to be pretty easy? So I didn't like, I'd actually like to get better at that. There's tons of books for that, but I didn't find them hard. But if you read some romance novels, people will have 30 pages of sex scenes. And I'm like, 30 pages? Wow. And mine are like one to three pages. So I'm like, "Mm, I got to find a middle ground there. (laughs) I mean, sometimes it's understandable if like that's like a pinnacle one, but there's a romance series. It's not historical fiction. It's more like satire like modern, but it's the idea that there's a big time city and there are superheroes in it. One, I like a good mask and mask superheroes being all over the place, but there were like some really quick ones that did the work. You didn't need to go on to like, I also don't like fade to black, which happens in a lot of young adults. They're like, they walked into the room and the door closed, their hands were held and you're like the hands. I know. No, I'm with you on all of that. Like, I think you're going to write a book, write it all. So, (laughs) but yeah. Is there a particular author that you're reading now that you enjoy? So related to historical romance, there's a couple. So I love Sarah McLean. I think that's, it's McLean or McLean. And then I really like Tessa Dare. She does like, I think it's Spinster Cove. Those are really funny. And then Stacey Reed is really good. So love all of that. And then more modern contemporary Lucy Score is probably the one I've been reading the most. And she's just funny. So I like, I would like to get better at writing like funny parts. I enjoy that in books, but that is not something I would say that I'm particularly good at. But when I find that in books, I love that. I'm like, I love to laugh out loud at a book if it's like, you know, that good. Excellent. Well, I'm going to hopefully get you Tomatillo Gardenia in my wait. 2021, yes. where hopefully there's a lot of humor with like sex next to the dumpster, but it's so romantic. <laughs> I already have this picture. That would be awesome. <laughs> oh, that's right. We would have to find the cover art for it. Maybe yeah. like, a breadstick, like possibly <laughs> next to a little tomato that's just like open with like a little butt. Like, oh, we, we're going to have so much fun with this. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ramona, for joining me today as a guest. Is there anything else you want to plug about your book? I guess you can find it on Amazon. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and I have a website called RamonaElms.com. And have a great day. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's perfect. And we usually end our episodes by saying LOL. So would you like to join me? Sure. All right. LOL. LOL.